Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Moira Hutchison. Moira is a mindfulness-based life coach helping people shift from feeling stuck to being motivated and in charge of their lives. Growing up, she felt locked inside a body that she despised. Listening to ridicule and teasing from family and peers, her overweight body became a prison for her true core self as she battled with depression and extreme shyness. She left home at 18 to join a cult, thinking that this would give her some sense of self and stayed in it for almost two years. Trapped in a very critical and controlling environment, she gave all of her personal power away until finally she realized that if she did not start tapping into her inner wisdom and trusting herself, she was never going to figure out who she was. She feels blessed to see that all of her early adult experience was an amazing gift. She developed an ability to see beyond the problems that arise in life. She's able to see the deeper meaning within most situations and can help you do the same. And I can't wait for you to meet Moira because her story is so different. I mean, how many of us know someone who's in a cult? She's going to shed some light on what leads to someone feeling that's what they need and the process of building you up and breaking you down. She's a brave and resilient woman, and I'm excited for you to meet her. I am so excited to be speaking to Moira Hutchison today. Uh, wait until you hear her story. This is going to be a very interesting conversation. Moira, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Debbie. You know, we spoke a little bit about your background, and I, I just find it so fascinating. Can you tell us what makes a person dive into a cult? Tell, tell so us was- how all that started and what happened. So I I was thinking, because in our conversation, we were talking, you're talking a lot about betrayal. And so I was kind of looking at that in in my mind, because I think that what happens to create that, to to make a person go into that kind of um, scenario, is a betrayal. So in, in my story, that was that I had completely... Entertain. I had not not entertained anything else other than being a nurse. That's all my intention was to do. Was I'm going to be a nurse, and so then when I was 17, I couldn't. I found out I couldn't, and so I was left with this sense of of like there's something wrong with me. Um, what was all of those years of of thinking? This is how I'm going. You know, this is how my life's going to look. And then along comes this opportunity with with this cult it's this opportunity that says hey you can you can use those healing attributes that you've got well you know what and i want to stop you there when you said you had the intention of being a nurse and then you couldn't right what why couldn't you what i had what so i lived in scotland and uh i had had passed all of the exams and tests and got i actually did have a spot in a in a nurse's training school um but it turned out that if you have problems with your back you cannot train as a nurse and I'd actually had some low back problems and and actually the the the, um, the doctor that was doing the first assessment on on for, for the college said you know it's it's long enough ago that that I would be okay letting you have this spot because my tests were so perfect for being a nurse but he said he wanted me to go to my family doctor to check with them. Did, did they think that this problem was going to come up again? That and my family doctor said yes. He felt that it was it was too much of a risk. 
And and so the whole point being is that you have to have a strong spine just in case you have to lift lift a patient or something. And so so yeah, it was because of my physical back. And and I imagine on on one level that feels like a betrayal. Absolutely, because my you're, own you're... body let me down. Right. Right. So how did you handle that? I mean, then what happened once you you had every intention of being a nurse and then you 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 sort of were told by your doctor that you couldn't be a nurse? What emotions went through you? What did you feel? So I felt initially that is very numb because it's it's like well, well now what and 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 lots of different scenarios when I didn't actually have anybody to talk this through either. So it was it was it led to a lot of depression and and I was already fairly depressed about didn't like my body or I was very introverted and shy. Um, so right, I, I actually did take an opportunity. I trained as a nursery nurse. That was to look after children. I did really good with that. But even even as as I came through, that was a year long program, and I finished that, and and I actually did really enjoy that. But there there seemed to be like a limitation. I I, I kind of felt like I th- there had to be more. There needed to be more for me to kind of re regroup and come back to that sense of I'm really uh, using my skill set. And so I just you know after the year of doing that, it didn't. It, it I was kind of at at a loose end again. I was thinking about going being an au pair or continuing with that that uh, child care um, opportunity but that's when the opportunity came up about joining this cult group and but, did you know it was a, a cult before you joined it I mean how did they approach you or how does something like this even come into your awareness what 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 happened so uh, like a lot of, of groups like this, they will entice you in with something free to, to learn to, to, to learn yourself more. And so their thing was a, a free personality test. And so you, you they, they get you to come in, do the personality test, and then start telling you all these things about you. So, some that I knew and some that, that, that the big thing for them was like, oh my gosh, you've got such a loving, healing energy that you would do excellent work in this group you would you would be able to help heal the planet and so you talk to somebody that's that's kind of saying i want to be a healer i i I want to make a difference Um, and they say wow you've got it you so so you know how i said that i went from feeling my body betrayed me i i you know all this this schooling and and the, the test that i had done to get to where i thought i was supposed to be and then here it is Here's here's the enticement. Wow. So now here you are hearing about how valuable your yes. you know your attributes are and the characteristics that you have and you're thinking I can really put them to use. So then so now they they tell you that you can really help people in this was it a community or or so what what's the next step of this? So so then um cuz this so this started in Edinburgh where I lived and so the the, the you kind of you agree and and sign up and you're going to get training. Like the, I got lots of training, and I was I I was a sponge with all of it because there is a lot of really good uh, technology and t- teaching in this group. So then, uh, then I was kind of uh, spotted by almost like a headhunter within the, the hierarchy of the organization. So somebody from the uh, London base, like so down in England, said that I was was 
just really powerful and could could learn and, and become something that, that would be very um, very high up in their organization was what they felt like. So in order to do that, um, I was kind of instructed that you either bring your family in with you or you cut ties with them. Now, okay, so so at first it's it's seeming like some sort of career, mm-hmm. and then at what point d- did that sort of set off any kind of alarm? Like, why why do I need to choose between my family here, or what what went on? I mean, I imagine on one level you're feeling feeling very special. Like here, my all of you know these wonderful characteristics I have are being recognized, mm-hmm. and then what did you feel when they said when they said that? What went on? So I, I actually, because I did do it, um, and, and I think that that feeling special, and, and I can't say that my family life was that great. So it was, yes, it's, it's, it's upsetting on one hand, but I thought, well, once I've come through this, I can maybe get back in touch with them, my, my family members. I didn't, like this is a long time ago, so I didn't really sit on it for very long because I had to act fast. It was kind of like, this is what's your opportunity and you're kind of going to leave tomorrow. Oh, so they didn't even give you an opportunity to, to think about I it. Didn't, I didn't. Oh, okay. I, it was like, go, you know, get your stuff in order and, and, and you're, you're going down. So, so then, so I did, and I believe I went by, by bus from Edinburgh to London and then I was there in London for maybe, I'm thinking about, it was probably about six months. And again, the same thing happened. It was like, wow, she's really good. She learns fast. She's she's like cl- going through all of these trainings super fast. So we want her in Los Angeles. And and just so just so the listeners have a perspective, when you say she's learning so fast, what type of skills are we talking about here? So... It was very deeply uh, spiritual based. So the, the first part of it was was about the, the mind teaching us that um, and like pains and, and problems, mental, physical issues were caused by repressed memories or uh, mental blocks, mindset blocks. So we're learning how to actually access them and, and release them for people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was also being trained. So, so on one hand, I was being trained as, as a practitioner of the clearing, the, the, the spiritual-based parts uh, of the, the, the technology. But on the other hand, I was also being trained how to run an organization myself. Mm. Which, you know, when you when you take a look at it with the right intentions, this so far could be wonderful. You, you Absolutely. know, accessing Absolutely. deep-seated things that we haven't acknowledged and then learning how to run a business. I mean, so far it doesn't sound so bad. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I guess that's a part of it too. So, so how long then were you, then you said they, they asked you to go to Los Angeles. Okay. So what happened then? I actually really quite enjoyed the experience in LA because it was not so, it wasn't so um, uh, limited like in in Britain, the, the the rules were really followed. You know, it's like well, because because they were always on like a compound, so you weren't didn't really know what was going on in the outside world. Because that's the thing, there was no cell phones, uh, n- no computers, no newspapers, no no outside contact. So it's kind of like we created what how we, we, we felt and, and what we did. And and for the most part, it was okay. In, in LA, the energy is, because there's huge, it was a really big, big organization there. 
and I made some really good friends and, and actually, and I did really enjoy the learning part. And when you say living in a compound, how, just so we have perspective, how many people are, are, are living there with you? Hundreds. Hundreds. Hundreds, yeah. In and Los so, Angeles, it was definitely hundreds for sure. And you're all living sort of in the same general area and yes. only interacting with one another. Yeah. And I guess all learning the same philosophy. And so then what happened? Take us through the next step of that. So then I finished my training and then went back to to the to England and uh is this is and this is where it started this is where i started going into oh gosh maybe this isn't the best thing because when i came back now i was highly trained in fact i was higher trained than a whole bunch of people who decided maybe i was getting a bit too big for my boots mm. and so in order to prove myself i was sent back to edinburgh and and basically told that I needed to fix the, or the Edinburgh branch, which all of the people that are there when I basically came through were no longer there. It was basically me and, and, and maybe five or six newbies that didn't really know what they were doing and, and were just kind of following my lead. But no money, no resources, and, and I was basically instructed to you know, enroll students, enroll uh, clients, and it was tough. And were you curious as to why most of the people who were originally there left? I I could see, like, they all followed this one um, very charismatic person. And so, like, like, his wife went, his kids went, and the the, the other people that were like, well, we, we you know, follow our our leader, our guru. Mm-hmm. And they and actually it was funny because I think like four of the people that left all replaced themselves with the one with the same person, mm-hmm. and and so that was part of the, the it, it was just it was very stressful, and then the person who was the leader in the, the the London area, she just I don't know what it was she just did not like me, and so was always telling me I was wrong I was I was um, evil I was creating chaos around me and so I was stripped of my my role in Edinburgh taken down for handling this is when things start getting into its punishment base you have to start facing your own transgressions and what's wrong with you and why are you not um, creating the success or making the money or selling the courses and, and products like we've taught you to right so so what did that look like then they were just so this is where all of a sudden now here you are so uh, regarded as helping and teaching and training and now they're coming down on you like you're not selling enough or, or recruiting enough yeah. people. Is that what that looks like? Yeah. And, and, and at that point, I mean, is this the point where you said this just doesn't feel right? This doesn't, something's off here? Yes. But you see, I have nowhere. I have nobody to talk to. I have no money to get out. I'm in a place where, where, yeah, like when I was in, in the compound uh, near London, there was no way I could get out. So I did do the, the, the um, I call it handling. It's like basically you're, you're cleaning up your own ethics level. You're, you're admitting to things. You're um, doing menial tasks to make reparations and, and writing up your transgressions and things like that. Um, so I did I did that and then as part of the 
I have to prove myself now. I was sent to Plymouth, actually. And Plymouth, again, it was the case, it was kind of like I had to be the one in charge and 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 get the, the organization running smoothly. But I was actually told prior to doing this that if I proved myself, then I was going to get promoted to a very high rank in the the, the compound near London. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a carrot, you know. Right. And, and so is this where you started feeling... I imagine you you feel a little stuck, like it doesn't feel right. You're here, you're you're supposed to be feeling bad about things that that you're doing, but you know you're a good person, and it's it's that's a tough space. And and is it that you, here they give you a place to live or whatever it is, and you you feel like what do I do? And if I don't have family, so that seems like a very confusing place, Extremely. mentally and emotionally. Extremely confusing because, you know, the other part too about the confusion is that I I make friends very easily. People people like my energy. They feel comfortable sitting in my space. And so I would make friends. And I, it happened so many times where I would have a friend and then I would find out that they had been ejected or thrown out mm. or left something. And then the scuttlebutt, all the gossip would be, oh, I always knew there was something wrong with that person. I always knew that they had evil intentions and they, they weren't going to, you know, they, they, they had some kind of alternative thing going on and so therefore I, they were bad. I always knew that. And I would think, gosh, I didn't. Right. It was a good person. That was a good person. And, and, and it happened over and over again. And I was thinking, gosh, what happens if, if that ever happened to me? Does that mean all these people are going to start saying, oh, that Moira, you know, I always knew she was evil. I knew she was going to destroy something or, you know. And so that, like, there's where it started to really unravel in my mind. Um, And then the thing about in in Plymouth was I made a friend who I was able to talk to and start saying, you know, this doesn't feel right. And, And he actually witnessed some of the derogatory treatment that I was getting that it had become quite personal based that, 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 you know, Myra's capable and she can do this. And so therefore do it more. Yeah. So now you had this, you know, we call it a trusted other, someone that you could speak with mm-hmm. and, and sort of act as a sounding board. Yes. What, so what did that lead to? Did that confirm that this doesn't feel right and I need to get out of here or what, what happened? Yeah, yeah that's exactly why it was. It, it, it did. Um, over a period of time, it strengthened that doubt in me of, no, I, I, this isn't the right thing for me. And if it continues, I am going to get more of that kind of treatment of the, uh, there's something wrong with you, we need to fix you um, type of, of scenario. And so it is through that that person that I, I left. And how did you, I imagine there was so much fear there because here... Oh, terrified. In the beginning, you felt like this was a this was a safe home and yes. a new space. And, and now, you know, you, you're realizing that it isn't. How did you trust your inner guidance? How did you strengthen your inner guidance? Because, you know, with, with betrayal, especially, it's one thing we tend to turn down to make things easier. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in turning it down, we often miss the signs that when our intuition is up, we can, we can see. So how did you, how did you strengthen that? So some of it was, you know how I just said to you about the witnessing when the gossip or the scuttlebutt people were saying, well, I always knew that person was bad. 
And I'd be thinking, nope, nope. And so that is my own inner wisdom was guiding me and speaking and saying, hey, you are a good assessor of, of characters, of, of, of personality. And so I think that was a, a really big piece for me to, to start saying, okay, I can actually lean into that a little bit more. And maybe I let some people down because I didn't. Mm. But then also the, the, the fact that I was able to finally speak to somebody and say, you know, this is what the conversation is going over here. And this is what the belief is over here. And it's like, yeah, that's not right. That's, that's not um, healing. That's not altruistic. That's, that's manipulative and controlling. Right. right. And, and, you know, and I imagine when, when we don't feel supported, when we don't have a safe and secure foundation and, and base, we're looking for that home. Absolutely. We're looking for that comfort and safety, security. These are basic, basic needs. Yes. And anything that's giving us that sense of it, it seems like it may, you know, it may be a, may be a good idea. Although, you know, we're, we're wary to trust. What would you say to someone who, you know, they don't, they came from a challenging background mm-hmm. and something seems like a, some sort of group. I mean, this could just be a club, a group, a, a, a job. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody like that? Because I imagine you're coming out of this now very aware of what real trust, you know, just yeah, a better sense of trust. So. Yeah. And who very you, so. what groups you join and what you don't. So what <laughs> would you say to, what would you say to somebody who is, you know, looking for this new group or business to join? To, to look for, for conversation, to come into themselves, to, to, so we were talking about the inner wisdom piece is to really do your research. And I do think a lot of things like I'll often put my hand over my heart because that to me is the, okay, I honor that I know best for me. I know best. We each, each one of us knows the absolute truth, but it sometimes gets so, so screwed up, especially when we're talking about betrayal, because if we give our trust over here and it gets smacked back at us, then it's kind of like, oh gosh, how can I listen to myself? The key piece is to get back on that, to get, you know, get back on the horse again, so to speak. But do it more mindfully. Do it so that you can say, maybe you do need to have another conversation. And, you know, the, the experience that I'm sharing happened a really long time ago before we had lots of things like Facebook or, or social media. I think that we are in a much stronger time where we can actually reach out more. And so that's the thing that I would say to people is, is and, and reach out to me if they mm-hmm. need to, right? But just start having some conversations and start the other really important question. I actually do this with my clients is I'll get them to ask a question. How does this make me feel about me? And so how does joining this club or this group, how does that make me feel about me? You know what I love about what you're saying, Moira, is because you're you're teaching someone to learn how to trust in themselves again. And you're right. The biggest thing about betrayal is that trust has been blindsided. So of course we don't trust our betrayer. We don't trust ourselves because we say, hey, we're a, well, here I am. I'm a bright man. I'm a bright woman. How did I not see this right under my nose? Exactly. And I know in, in my work, one of the things I do is teach my clients how to, how to just trust again. Mm-hmm. And 
if they can't yet trust in themselves or their betrayer, trust in the universe, something bigger than them, God, whatever. Yes. And it's a it's a start because that trust is so foundational to any, you know, to any relationship and we need it. We just can't go through life without it. It's just not a full rich life without learning how to trust. Absolutely. And you know, the other part about building that trust is forgiveness. Because just because I screwed up or I didn't see the signs or I or I went down a path that wasn't for the highest good for me doesn't mean I'm always going to do it, right? right? And so it is really important to say, okay, so that was then or that was the choice I made or that's the thing that I experienced. But this is a new new point in time and I can I can trust myself. And when, and forgiveness is such a crucial piece, what mm-hmm. did forgiveness for you, what did it lead to? It, it led to, to why well, I, I mean, forgiving myself, but it also led to, to reconnecting with my family members. I did get back in touch with them. Obviously, the relationship was very different to what it had been. Um, but it also led to really coming into my, developing my own intuitive uh, skills. And, and that to this day, I rely on it completely. And is there a tip, something that you can give our listeners that they can start implementing to just to, to learn how to receive their own inner guidance? Absolutely. So the, I, I just mentioned that thing about how does this make me feel about me? That's a really important one. But, you know, the other one, too, is to to have some form of, of meditation or mindfulness practice, because it's by having those little pauses that we get to hear that, that inner voice. So even if you refuse to make a decision or a snap uh, choice without taking three to five deep, deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And, and I said that earlier too, put your hands over your heart. Just, okay, in this moment, what, what is the highest and best good for me right mm-hmm. now? And, and I know that people who, who are betrayed, it's hard. That one's hard, mm-hmm. right? Because if I've, if I've, chosen this relationship or this group that's caused me pain and suffering, it is important to come back to what can I do now? Don't keep carrying the story forward. What can I do now? And if that means, yeah, tapping into your connection with source energy or your Mm. inner inner voice, because it's always there. And that story will kill us if we just hang on to that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the, yeah, that's a good point. Who, who would you be without the story? And, and that's an amazing, and I, that is a wonderful question for everybody to ask. Who would they be without their story? You know, without that, we hang on to that story, wear it like a security blanket. For, I know. And we hang on for dear life. And it's true. If we can't imagine who we'd be without that story, that story's not going anywhere, which I'm sure yes. you've, you've learned. What do you want our listeners to take away from this? Interview? That they're the boss of them. Nobody, but nobody gets to choose how their life is going to 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 take place or or to 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 move forward. If it's not feeling right, do something, make a different choice. Wonderful, Maury. That's wonderful advice from someone who has been there and back. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we go? I think we really covered it. Um, like I said. Uh, communicate, ask questions, ask questions out loud. If you have nobody to ask those questions, write them down and then have them asked back to you so that you can actually do it in in a space where it's almost like it's being asked from outside of you. 
Oh, that's great advice. That's great advice. It's like having that wise teacher without that wise teacher being there, but of course there always is. Always there. (laughs) Yeah, always, always. Boris, thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you, Debbie. This has been great. I want to thank Moira so much for being a guest today. She's been so kind to give you all a free gift that you can find over at moirahutchison.com forward slash inner dash peace dash kit. I'll have the information on how to stay in touch with Moira in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. So be sure to stop there. Here's my biggest takeaway. Trust your inner wisdom. If something doesn't feel right, it's not. Be sure to connect with me on Twitter at Debbie Silber and send me a tweet about this episode or email me and let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough. Breakthrough.